Welcome in to another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball, where we find the best tools to build the best players. On this episode, we have Art Sonato. Art is a high school baseball coach in the great state of Texas. Um, he's the head coach for the Centennial Spartans baseball team. He's been coaching baseball for over 30 years. Um, he coached summer baseball. Um, he's also been the USA Baseball 14U coach. So he's he's been around a long time. He's built a lot, a lot of different programs at the high school level, and he talks a lot about what it takes to build a high school program in this episode. You know, we talk about, you know, what, how do you go about building a culture? How do you go about helping with the recruiting process and outlining your off-season plan and, and things of that nature? So um, it's a great episode for any coach out there who is is looking to uh, either a improve their own high school baseball program or you know just starting out and and you know wanting to to go about it the right way because you know they haven't done it before and so art's a, a great great example of, of someone who has been doing it for a long time and has had you know a lot of success where he's been at if you're a fan of the podcast if you're a fan of um, you know this episode or Another episode, you know, please share the podcast with someone who you think would benefit. Um, you know, that's how we grow and continue to, to get the word out and, and reach a bigger audience so we can help more coaches along the way. So if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with someone who you think would benefit. So ladies and gentlemen, here is my episode with Art Sonato. All right, we'll welcome on Art Sonato. Art, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. So you've been coaching high school baseball a, a long time. What's your favorite thing about high school baseball? Oh, the relationships for sure um, that, you know, you make uh, daily um, and, you know, of course, throughout the years. Um, you know, the, and it, it, every day is different. It's a new challenge every day whether it be uh, on the field, in the classroom, the community, uh, there's, there's always a challenge to, to be taken on. What, what would you say like the, the hardest thing about it is because I'm sure from a time and space standpoint, it's, there's a lot of obstacles in the way too. Yeah, definitely time. You, you know, you definitely want to, I want to spend more, more time than the, than the rules allow us to obviously, um, you know, we get our kids 45 minutes a day, uh, which, which is, you know, still good um, in the off season, but uh, by the time they get in there, we get stretched and we throw and, you know, we get, we really only have about 15 or 20 minutes of, of team time that, that, uh, that we've got. And, you know, we just try to, we try to attack, I try to attack every day and uh, in small chunks, just, uh, you know, we're going to take care of one situation one day, one situation the next day. And, you know, I've got it all mapped out um, throughout the, the fall, uh, kind of a, a checklist of what, what I want to accomplish, uh, like into each six weeks. So in the fall, you guys have six weeks to work 45 minutes a day. Um, no, we've got, we get every, we got 18 weeks in the fall to work 45 minutes a day. We, I mean, we, in most, I think we probably have more time with our kids in Texas than most States do. Um, but it just, it goes, you know, 45 minutes goes by like that. And uh, before you look up, it's time to send them to shower and let them get to class. So, um, but yeah, but the, the time we do have, we make the most of it. We don't, 
there's no wasted days. There's no days off. There's, you know, we're going to accomplish something, even if it's just a, a competition day. Uh, we're we're going to compete. We're going to do something every day. So for 45 minutes, since it, you know, obviously it's not a lot of time, do you tend to, to not focus as much on hitting because of the time and focus more on the defense and base running? Um, we divide them into groups. So we'll have one group hitting pretty much every day, and the other group will be doing either defense or base running. Um, I started taking the pitchers. Uh, and doing more with the pitchers now since uh, they're shut down from throwing off the mound. We're doing lots of other things uh, with them. Uh, a lot of it's mental. Uh, just, you know, something as simple as, you know, working on our grips to all of our pitches because I found the past not to assume that a kid has a proper curveball grip or a proper two-seam fastball grip or even four-seam fastball grip. So, uh, you know, we'll, I'll start with the basics with them, kind of go, I kind of call it a pitching school. And, you know, I'll, I'll work with a group of pitchers one day a week uh, for for six weeks leading up to when our, our practices start uh, in January. So for pitchers, how do you manage? Because I know like around here, I'm in Cincinnati. I know there's a lot of facilities and things like that. And kids are throwing bullpens and and all that, but how do you manage like kids throwing with you? And then if they have someone else that they go to and, and throw with them too? That's a great question. And that's a challenge for, uh, for all high school coaches across the country, especially this time of year, because it's not just that this is also the tryout season for summer ball for next summer. It's also the college camp season. Um, and, you know, colleges want kids to come out there and throw bullpens, which is fine. You know, I, I've, I think the key is clarity. You've got to have clarity, not just with the kids, but with the parents and tell them, look, this is what we're doing. You know, like right now we're in the middle of a, of, of a long toss, uh, you know, a, a long toss program. And we've been just doing the stretch out phase for the last six weeks. And when we get back from Thanksgiving break next week, we're going to start doing pull downs. We won't do many. We'll do four, four, four to six pull downs on the first day. But you know, the, what I've tried to, especially since it's a new school and I'm at this year and, you know, the parents, they just don't know, they just don't know what I do yet. Um, you know, I've tried to make things real clear with them say, look, this is what we're doing. This is our throwing program that we're doing. And we're doing it from October one till we start the season. This is our throwing program. You know, anything you do outside of here is fine. We don't want them on the mound. We don't want them doing max effort throws. Um, because our season is going to go on. It's going to go on. There's a date we're going to start, and this is what we're going to do. Uh, and we want all, your, all of our kids healthy. We don't want anybody hurt. But, you know, this is what we're doing. If you're doing anything outside of it, that's fine. Um, we don't want kids to be overused because that's where, that's where kids get hurt at this age is overuse uh, and, and lack of education in regards to taking care of your know, arm care, um, you know, time to rest. You know, I don't think there's too many big league pitchers that are throwing live pens or, uh, you know, facing live hitters throwing, you know, throwing max effort bullpens right now. I think they're all, I think they're all taking time off uh, of the mound and they're going to start ramping up here probably in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And I think the other thing too is, I mean, like you said, your season's going to go on no matter what. And a lot of these kids, like you, you make the lineup, right? So you're the one who dictates what, who pitches, what innings, all of that. So they need to impress their high school coach and make sure they're at their best when they're with you more than they do anybody else, really. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, during the fall, I leave them alone. I let them go play on their travel teams on, on the weekends. Um, we have a, a, a fall team. Our school does. I, I'm not allowed to coach it. Um, but, you know, I get some of the dads or some former players to coach it. And, you know, I don't pressure them or force them to play on the high school, high school team. In fact, this fall, I haven't really had a high school team in the fall. But uh, at the, the school I'm at this year, I'm new. They wanted, they hadn't had one either. So the parents and kids, they came to be coached. We want to play fall ball as a team. I'm like, man, that's great. You know, my concern is you guys pitching on the weekend, and then we're going to have a Tuesday night game. You know, I, I'm I'm worried about overuse. You know, are you going to be honest with me? Are you going to be honest with uh, the the coach and, and say, hey, coach, I threw I threw two innings on Sunday. I can't throw tonight. You know, that's what we need. We need you to be. We need you to take care of your own arm. Um, you know, be honest with us. You know, like even when we have a long toss day, a stretch out day, if they don't feel good, they don't have to. They don't have to stretch it out. It's it's up to them and how they feel. We want them to listen to their arms. How many kids do you guys have in your program? Um, well, we have approximately 60, uh, three teams, varsity, JV, freshmen. Um, you know, approximately 60, you know, somewhere usually somewhere between, you know, 54 and 60, somewhere in there. How do you – since this is your first year coaching, how do you go about, like, trying to – I know this is a word that's thrown around a lot, but like build a culture. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the first thing that, uh, I, I've learned this the hard way uh, throughout the years, you, you've got to lead from the front and whatever I'm asking them to do, I've got to be able to model it. Um, if that's get in the weight room, and bust their tail, then I got to be in there busting, busting my tail in the weight room. Um, you know, if if the school rules wear your ID, then I've got to wear my ID. Um, I, I've got to be I've got to be the model of what I want from from a culture standpoint. Um, you know, I don't I don't want them to lose their mind in a in a in a in an adverse situation, and I can't lose my mind in an adverse situation. So I, I've got to I've got to model the culture that I want. Uh, I think that's number one. I think that's just effective leadership. Um, be the culture you want to be. Um, I think that, uh, you know, they've, they've got to know that I, that I care about them, uh, and they've got to know that I love them. And that's really hard to do when you don't even know anybody yet. When you don't know the kids yet. Um, one of our seniors, he, uh, he really stepped up this summer and he organized, uh, a breakfast once a week with the seniors and myself so we could get to know each other before school started, you know, and, and I encouraged them to, to, you know, what are some things, what are some changes you want to see? What do you want to do differently? What are some things that worked? What are some things that didn't work? Um, you know, I wanted to get their input uh, from, from them to help kind of build what the fall is going to look like. Um, and, and so far, it's, it's working really well. I think the, the chemistry is uh, and the culture is really good. Uh, there's some tweaking that needs to be done to it. But, um, but I, I think right now we're on a really good path. Yeah, it's awesome to hear you say that, like, you know, they need to know that, you know, you care about them because if they feel like you care about them and they're a part of something that's bigger than themselves, I mean, they're they're invested, right? They're going to be all in and uh, everything that you guys are doing. Is it, are you someone who, like, I, I've seen this in the past where I've been talking to other high school coaches, like, do you name captains? How do you go about doing, doing like, leading practice? Yeah, yeah. Um everyone in the program gets a say in it. 
um, you know, I, I don't think you can force leadership on somebody. And, and I think leadership comes in lots of different, um, it comes in lots of different uh, forms. Uh, you know, you've got the cheerleader, the raw, raw guy, and then you get the guy that just goes about his business in a real business-like manner. Um, you know, we want, uh, oh, here we go, it's one of my dogs. Yeah. Um, he, uh, they, uh, we, you know, we let the kids have a say in it and, and the coaches have a say in it. It's, it's a collaborative deal. And that's kind of how we want everything in our program. We want the kids to have a say. Um, you know, I tell them, I say, hey, this is your, as this group, this team this year, you get one shot. That's it. I'll have another team next year. I'll get a do-over next year. You won't get a do-over. You know, I, I'll look at things we did good and build upon them, and I'll look at things that we did poorly and, and, and work on and try to fix it. But this is your chance. So, you know, we want them to be invested. We want them to, to take ownership. And so, so they get, you know, their, their opinions are, are valued. And, and we want them, I want them to be part of, of everything that we do. I want them to have a say in it. And they know that I'm the head coach and, and I'm going to have, you know, the buck stops with me and I've got to make the final decision. But, but I want them to know that they have, um, you know, that, that, that their input is valued and, and that they do get a say in things. From a, because I know this is always an issue, uh, especially you know high school baseball, travel baseball. What about playing time and and dealing with with parents? I mean, is there boundaries with that? Like, how do you go about making sure it doesn't get out of control? Um, you know, travel baseball and high school baseball, it's apples and oranges. It's it's two different games, in my opinion. You know, when I coach during the summer, I don't coach those teams the same way I coach my high school kids. Um, you know, to me, high you know, summer ball is more of a showcase type deal. You know, you're you're showcasing your abilities. Hopefully, there's college coaches in the stands. Some days there are, some days there's not. Um, but it's it, it's to me, it's it's different. You pay to play during the summer. You know, a kid pays an organ, a family pays an organization. $2,500, $3,000, they're going to play. You're going to play. Um, you know, to me, summer ball, travel ball, playing time is bought. You know, I had a kid last summer that, I mean, he was two for 40 at one time and it struck out half of that bats. I kept rolling them out there, you know, at least twice a weekend. I mean, they paid to play. Um, you know, if you're two for 40 with 20 strikeouts, on a high school team, you're not going to, it won't get that far. It just won't. Um, you know, everything we do is earned in, at, at our, in our program. It's, you have to earn the playing time. Um, you know, I told the seniors this year, Hey, you know, it's your last year, but you need to understand something. It's not your turn. There's no such thing as it, it's my turn. Cause I'm a senior. Uh, you've got to earn it. Um, if there's a freshman that can get the job done, he's going to play. Uh, if there's a sophomore and get the job done, he's going to play. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, they, they've got to earn it. Uh, and, and there's some things we do throughout the fall to try to build that culture as well. Um, it's, it's a message that I, I try to, I try to get out to the parents um, as often and as early as I could when I took the job. And, you know, right now everybody's hundred percent, you know, we're behind you coach. This is great. But I, I'm also, you know, this is my first rodeo. I haven't made a lineup out yet. Once I start making lineups, then, you know, feelings will get hurt, but 
and, and I get that from their perspective. I just try to, I just try to make them understand that from my perspective, it's, it's always a business decision. It's never personal. It's never personal. If you were a bad guy, a bad teammate, you won't, you, mean, you won't be in the dugout. You wouldn't be on the team. You know, if you're on the team, you know, we love you. We want you to be part of it. We want whatever role you have. We want you to, to, you know, take it on and be the best at it. But, um, you know, high school baseball, you know, I don't get to turn my roster over, the bottom of my roster over here. I don't get to have tryouts and have kids from all over North Texas come try out for my high school team. I've got the kids in my attendance zone, and that's it. So, I mean, it's not it, – it, it's just – it's apples and oranges. And I, and I try to make that real clear in the first couple parent meetings. Hey, this isn't youth baseball where there's 11 kids on the roster. Everybody's going to play. You know, there's going to be 20, 22 kids on the varsity roster. You know, only, only a max of 10 are going to play. If I DH, it's as if I DH for somebody. So that means it's going to be 12 to 13 guys on the bench. So it, it's playing time is not guaranteed at, at all. Not, not in high school. So if you, like, let's just say like typical game is a Tuesday, Wednesday game. It's, it's not against like one of your, your main rivals. I mean, are you, do you still go about it where it's like, Hey, we're going to go prepare and I'm going to put the lineup out that's going to win, try to win the game, like our regular lineup. And then, if, mm -hmm. then if it gets out of hand, then I'll start subbing in guys and giving other guys opportunities. Cause I know it's hard, right. In baseball, you can't just sub guys in and out like basketball. So, right. I mean, it's kind of, that's what makes high school baseball so hard. The season's so short. You only have so much time. How do you, like, how do players, uh, prove that they can play for you um, during a high school season. Maybe they're playing basketball right now. Yeah, the the, the multi sport athletes. You know, they've it's. You know, I, I tell them you're you're a multi sport athlete. That's great, but you're also a multi practice athlete. And you know, for the basketball kids, yeah, your basketball season. I don't want to. I don't want to see you. I don't want to talk to you during basketball season. You go focus on basketball. But in your free time you need to go hit one day, one day a week. You need to get out there and try to throw a couple of days a week, get your arm in shape. Um, because what you don't want to do is play basketball. And then the first day you pick up a baseball is the day after basketball season ends. And now you're going to get out there and try to impress me and throw the ball hard and, and, you know, do things with the baseball in your hand that you're, you're just not ready to do. That happened to me my sophomore year in high school. I played basketball, didn't throw much basketball season on a Friday. I go to practice on Tuesday and I'm starting on, I go to practice on Monday and I'm starting on Tuesday in a scrimmage and I'm throwing the ball from right field. And about two or three weeks later, my elbow was killing me. It wasn't, it wasn't ready for that. And I'd never experienced that before. So I didn't know what to do. I'm 16 years old. I, you know, I didn't know anything about arm care in 1985. I mean, I just pick up the ball and go, through, let's go play ball. I mean, that's what I'd always done. And, and, you know, my, my arm was never the same after that. I, I don't think I ever threw the ball as hard as I did when I was a freshman in high school. Um, you know, that I, I think there, but there's more education out there. Um, and, and that's what I tell my multi-sport guys, you know, when you're in season, when you're in the sport, you focus on it, but there's stuff you have to do. You have to do what you have to do uh, in order to be ready. Cause you want to, you want to come in and be at least somewhat ready when baseball starts um, that way you're not, you know, too far behind everybody. You're going to be behind. That's part of it. But, but usually those guys, you know, they're, they're competing and, uh, they're, they're usually pretty reliable guys and multi-sport guys. 
You said you coached a summer baseball. What, what, what'd you do during the summer? Where'd you coach? I coached um, the, the Evo Shield Canes. They have a, a North Texas program and I coached uh, 17 years. They're 2022. So they're seniors this year. Uh, I coached last summer. So you've been able to see it now from both sides, travel high school, as you, uh, you know, mentioned earlier from a recruiting standpoint, especially maybe just specifically for your high school guys, is that still mainly something that really just the travel baseball coaches handle, or do you as the high school coach like are involved in that process too? I've always been involved in that process. Um, I've always, I've throughout the years, I think I've established a pretty good network of college coaches, uh, guys that, that I can count on and, and they can count on me. I'm not going to, I mean, I'm not going to send somebody that can't play. Um, uh, I, you know, I think, I mean, who knows the kid better, the high school coach who's got him 10 months out of the year or the, or their summer coach that's got him for eight to 10 weeks during the summer, you know, four days a week, five, if they practice, um, you know, the team I had last summer, we, we couldn't practice during the week because I had kids from Lubbock, Texas, which is five hours away, all the way to Tyler, Texas, which is five hours away to the west. And then Tyler, Texas is two hours away to the east of where I'm at. <laughs> we, we practice. They would just, you know, the, the Lubbock kids would just meet up at a, wherever we're at that weekend. And, and you know, we try to try to get there a little extra time uh, on the first day. So there's some stuff we could at least walk through. Uh, on the side, we couldn't really have a full practice, but um, yeah, it's it. I I think the number one thing about recruiting is I think the kid has got to take charge. They they've got to reach out, and, and today's climate of college baseball is the craziest I've, I've ever seen. I, you know, I've got I've got four or five seniors right now at, at the school I'm at, and I think in a normal situation, they're all they've already signed. I mean, they're all definitely next level kids, but, uh, you know, the thing I'm hearing from college coaches is that uh, they're not recruiting and just some of the things that I'm not just things they are saying directly to me, just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of reading in between the lines with them is that they're recruiting college kids right now. They're looking in the portal because the portal's full. And, you know, I've had more than one junior college coach. And I mean, it's the guy that's won national championships. They're one of the best programs in the country. And he's told me, he said, all right, I don't have to recruit high school kids. I can go into the portal and get 12 kids like that. And I mean, when he says 12 kids, he's talking about SEC, big 12 type kids. I mean, he can go get, go get kids like that and bring them into his program and just reload. Now, he didn't have to, he doesn't have to rely on a high school kid. Now he's going to sign high school kids, but. I mean, that portal, man, it's, it's hurting high school kids right now, for sure. Do you see the portal? I have, I need to make sure I'm, I'm up to date on it. Is it going to, is it going to stay the same like it is right now? Or is this a COVID thing and eventually will go away? I, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll stay, but what's going to, what's going to go away in the next year or two are these six year seniors, you know, these 24 year old seniors at four year schools, these 20 to 22 year old sophomores at your colleges that that's all going to go away in the next year or so you know then yeah you could you know you could still transfer you could still transfer down uh but th that's always been that way you know what with the juco guys they, you know they've always brought in two or three guys from four-year schools in january that's always happened 
um, you know, I've always warned my, my kids that go to junior college, which I think is the best route for 85 to 90% of the kids out there. You know, I, I tell them, Hey, you have a great fall. You are in a spot at the end of the fall. That that's great, but you better be ready. You better be ready to compete in the spring. Cause I promise you, they're going to bring in, you know, two to six D one guys in, you know, for, for, for January, you may have a job at the, at the end of the fall, that doesn't mean you're going to have it at the end of the spring. I mean, you're still going to have to get back out there and, and, and compete and earn it. Why do you think that JUCO is best for 85 to 90% of the players out there? Um, well, because I think the – I mean, it's – I don't think this is a pain. I think it's a, probably a fact that, um, you know, all the high school kids that, that sign uh, and go to, you know, power five schools, I think that's, that's just a that's – a, that's a very small percentage of high school players. Um, and junior colleges, they have different rules. I mean, they can play 25 to 35 games in the fall. And, you know, they, <laughs> you know, I, I had a kid, one of my seniors went and worked out, um, uh, with a junior college about a month ago. And he told me, he said, yeah, they invited me down there and I'm going to, you know, they're, they're just going to have a light practice. And I'm saying to myself, light practice. Yeah. That means it's only going to be about four hours. <laughs> um, I didn't say. I wanted him to go down and experience it for himself. I said, well, that's good. You know, just, you know, you go down there and compete, show him what you can do. And he calls me the next day. He's like, or that night, he's like, coach, we practice for four hours. I said, yeah, that's a, that's a light practice at junior college. There's, there's no rules. I mean, they don't, they don't call them Juco bandits for nothing. Um, you know, the, the, the seven hour inner squad on Sunday were all 35, you know, all 20 or 30 pitchers, however many they got in the fall, they're going to throw on Sunday. And, you know, you're out there six, seven hours sometimes. And that's just, that's Sunday. I mean, that's day off in high school baseball. I mean, I can't, I can barely talk to you on a Sunday, much less get you on the field. So um, it, it's a, it's a different lifestyle that, you know, you, you, you go to junior college to develop, you go there to get 150 at bats in the fall, get, you know, 30, you know, 20 to 30 innings in the fall, you know, you get to develop at a, at an NTA school, they've only got a, like a 45 day window where they could work out as a team. You know, they only get like six, seven weeks where they could work out as a team and, you know, they'll have a fall world series. I think the last couple of years schools have been playing other schools, one one or two games, but I think that counts against their spring, their spring uh, schedule totals. So, um, you know, they're just, you don't, there's a lot of small group activity in at four year schools, but as far as the team goes and just at bats and innings and, Game reps, you get way more of those at a junior college level than you do at a four-year school. Yeah, and I mean, some of these four-year schools are not only – they have some of these fifth- or sixth-year seniors. They're bringing in every year 20 kids. I mean, I was on the Perfect Games website just looking at commits for Power 5. There's some kids – I mean, freshman, sophomore in high school right now, they got 16, 17 commits already to some of these schools. I mean, yeah. why, why would you commit – why would you commit – if you're a freshman or sophomore, like what good does that do as a player? Because you don't, the university, like I just got talked to Walter Beatty and he was like saying, you know, which I thought was smart. You committed to the university. The university didn't commit to you. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and, you know, everyone's caught up in likes and retweets um, and shares and it's, it's almost like a race to see who can commit first on Twitter. And I, you know, I love Twitter. Twitter's got a lot of positives. 
but there's also some, some negatives involved with it. And I mean, it, they're, they're all, this is what kids and parents don't understand. They're, when they make you a verbal offer, when you're an eighth grader or ninth grader, they're making it based on our projection, kind of like how major league scouts project players. You know, he's got projectability. Well, what does that mean? That means they're expecting you, like if you're throwing, you know, they, if you're a, if you're a big arm kid and, and you're throwing you know, eight, 82, 84, when you're an eighth grader, well, they're, they're going to project you to be a 90 mile an hour guy going into your senior year. And if you're not, they're going to drop you. They're going to drop you. And they're going to go get the kid that has developed. That maybe was 78 when he was in eighth grade. But now he's going into a senior year and he's 91, 92. You know, you're not, you're not project, your, your projectability is gone now. And, and, and that's a great way to put it. You've committed to them, but they haven't committed to you because it, it's all verbal. It, it's a verbal agreement. And I mean, even, you know, just in society, a man's word doesn't isn't worth what it used to be. It's just not. You, know, you see it every day uh, in in all walks of life. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I as a high school coach, I laugh because I'm like, okay, you're you're watching them against other 14 year olds, and they're good 14 year olds. Don't get me wrong; it's good competition, but you don't know the maturity level of that kid. I mean, it's. I have a friend of mine and I'm not going to say what school, but he was a, he was a recruiting coordinator at power five school. And, and he just walked away from it because he, he couldn't lie to parents anymore. And he told the head coach and the head coach was like, well, this is what we're going to do. You know, we're going to, we're going to offer, you know, we've got to offer kids before our cross state rival does or before the other schools in our, um, in our, in our conference offer them. You know, we, we got to get them locked up. We got to get, well, but, are they, you know, they're not really locked up. They're really not locked up. And, you know, he didn't like calling the kid that he offered after his freshman year in high school and then telling him two, two, two summers later, sorry, we're, you know, we're, we're going to pull the offer. You know, we're, it's just, you know, whatever story he's going to tell him, you know, you haven't developed. Uh, we found somebody else. I mean, you know, that, but this is what, Parent, if the, and especially if you're a parent and you've never been through this before, you don't know. I mean, what, what, unless you've been through it before, how would you know what the recruiting process is like? And even if you went through it five years ago, you don't know what it's like right now. I mean, you just don't. I mean, it's different now than what it was five years ago. It's different now than what it was 20 years ago because of no social media back then. But it's, it's changed in the last, it's changed in the last two, really the last two years, you could even say because of, because of COVID. If you had, if you had a son right now, uh, let's just say, you know, he's in high school, what would you do with him to try to get recruited? And I know I'm sure you have contacts and everything like that, but I mean, are you going to specific showcases or camps? Like, how are you helping him out um, to to best serve him, like going forward as a potential student athlete? Um, Well, since you said student first, um, he's got to he's got to stand his grades because college baseball is pay to play. This is something else that parents don't understand. College baseball is pay to play. Period. You don't get a hundred percent baseball scholarship. Now you can get a hundred percent if your academics are good, but 
no one's given a hundred percent. You know, there, there might be, I could probably count them on two on, you know, both my hands, how many kids across the country have a 100% baseball scholarship at a division one school. I mean, they just, they can't, they can't do that. Doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, they've got 11.7 for 27 scholarship guys. They've got to give everyone to at least 25%. So at least 4.95 scholarships to spread out for 27 guys. I mean, just, I mean, just do the math. I mean, it's, I mean, college baseball is pay to play. So, so for me, and I've got a grandson, he's 11. And so, you know, with, with him, the, the number one thing is going to be, you keep making straight A's. He makes straight A's. I don't think he's ever made a B since they've started, you know, keeping, you know, real grades at, at elementary school. You know, you keep making good grades. And, and then the second thing, when, it, when he gets to that age, is uh, strength and conditioning. You know, you go to a showcase and you're 5'10", you weigh 125 pounds. I mean, you, you don't even look good in a uniform. I mean, you don't. You don't look good. You don't look like a, a power five baseball player. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think more time needs to be put into development than in the playing games. That'll be the number one thing with him. You know, and he's got a net in the backyard. He's got a bucket of balls and he's got tees and bats and, and he can go out there and work on it anytime he wants. You know, I don't force him to. Um, and that's the other thing, you know, you, as a parent, you can't want it more than your child. As a coach, I can't want it more than my team. If I want it more than my team, then we're in trouble. We're in big trouble. Um, and I, I think that goes for, for the parents too. You, know, you can't want it more than your kid. Your kid's got to really want it. Um, you know, and so after grades and after strength and conditioning, because the stronger the athlete, the better the athlete, I don't care what sport you're talking about. Um, you know, then, you know, showcase type deals, college camps and, you know, the college camps, oh, you know, oh, it's just a money grab. It's a money grab. Well, who's saying, who says it's a money grab? Who's telling you it's a money grab? That's the first thing. Who's telling you that a college that a college camp is a money grab? Who's telling you that? That's that's the question you need to answer for yourself. Uh, you know, college coaches don't make a lot of money, so yeah, they're going to have camps so they can pay their their volunteer coaches. They can pay you know so that the, the coaches can get a little bit more money uh, because unless you're at a power five school, there's not a lot of money in making you know coaching college baseball. I mean, there's just not. Uh, it's, you know, young guys are counting on that, you know, don't mind being poor. Uh, that's, that's the, that's the college coaching game. Um, you know, I, I, if, if you want to, if there's a school you want to, you want to get on their radar, then go to their camp and showcase yourself in front of their coaches. You got them with a captive audience. Um, you know, going to a showcase and, you know, hoping there's a bunch of college coaches there. You're hoping it's the coach that the school you want to go to, you know, you're hoping that they're going to be there. Well, hope isn't a strategy. It's just not, um, you know, so I tell my guys, you go to their camp. If you, if you're interested in that school, you go to that camp and you make them tell, you no. if they tell, if they tell, you no, that's fine. You cross them off your list and, and let's go find somebody else. Um, you know, as, as a high school coach, I do take an active part. You know, I, I've, there's a junior, uh, Head, head junior college coach. I met him during the summer and he just took over and 
you know, I called him a few weeks back, said, Hey, I've got seven guys. You know, I, I really wish you could come see him. He's like, well, I'm driving to Houston tomorrow. I'll stop by. I said, that's fine. And, you know, I'll, I'll get them here. And, you know, they, they stayed after school and they threw to each other and hit ground balls to each other. And, and he's going to end up, you know, offering probably two of them, um, you know, and, and all that took for me was to pick up my phone and send a text message. And that, that, that's all it takes. And, and I know there's high school coaches out there that don't think uh, that that's part of their job, but, you know, I just, I would have to respectfully disagree with them. I think it is part of your job. You want them to, you want them to go through a brick wall for you. Well, you need to do the same thing for them. It's kind of that, it's that culture thing, you know, leading from the front. You know, that's, that's, that's what I try to do with everything is lead from the front, you know, in, in regards to everything. Uh, how would you, like, if I came to one of your practices, what, what would be something that like would stand out? What would be something that I would like immediately be like, Oh, this is what they, this is what they believe in. This is what they do here. Um, our practices typically will, and you know, I've got a lot of football coach in me. So, um, my baseball practices probably resemble a football practice. We'll, we're going to focus on defense in, in the beginning and, you know, we're going to work, you know, they're going to work at their own position, specific individual position drills, uh, you know, corner guys, middle guys, uh, outfielders, catchers, uh, POs, you know, they're going to do their own drill work. And then we'll come together as a team. Um, and usually we'll take on one situation a day. So one day it might be uh, bunt defense, but when we do bunt defense, we're it's live. I think that's the one thing you're going to, you're going to hopefully find in my practices is that everything's live. We're not just, it's not just, uh, you know, put a runner on first and coach has got a fungo and all right, uh, runner on first. And I just throw the ball up and I, and I bun it. I mean, we're going to, we're going to have a kid in the box. If we're not live arm, we're going to have a machine set up and it's going to be firm and we're going to work on our bunt defense and our bunt offense at the same time. It's live. Um, so if our JV and our varsity is working together, JV's on offense, varsity's on defense, and the JV coach will be in the box giving signs, and they're going to run through all their bunt plays. And any any kind of small ball play, um, you know, we'll we'll anything from a bunt to a slash uh, to a to a to a slash into a you know we'll start off into a slash and, and hit and run out of it. Um, you know, anything like we're going to, we're going to do it live game speed, game speed. Um, and if we, if it's a fungo type scrimmage where, where I'm going to control the situation and not let it happen random, I'm going to hit the ball. Then we're going to start the, we're going to start the base runner at 85 feet. So at any ground ball, they've got to come get it. You know, we, I want, we want to put pressure on our infielders to come back, to come get the ball. Don't stay back, attack, attack, attack on defense. Um, you know, when, when I go back to play, when I played in the early part of my coaching career, when I didn't know near as much as I do now, <clears throat> you know, kids would complain, oh, coach, you know, they're, they're getting a head start to get a head start. And I would always say, well, just, you know, come get the ball and get rid of it quicker. Um, so now we just kind of put that on them automatically. We let them know, hey, he's 85 feet away. He's not 90 in a game. So you got to be quicker. So we fought, we try to, I try to put as much pressure on the kids in practice that way when we get in the game, been there, done that. And, and, and I tell them, you can't practice soft and expect to play hard. 
It's mm. not going to happen. I've got to make practice as hard or harder than what's going to be in a game. And when this, this really clicked for me coaching football about 10 years ago, and we were running basically Gus Malzahn's offense that he ran at Auburn because our offensive coordinator played quarterback for him when he was at Tulsa. And, you know, our football practices weren't traditional football practices. I mean, we had chain crew defensive line coach spotting the ball and we had the game clock on and, and the play clock on and we're running, we're doing team offense in practice the same way we did in the game. Hurry up. Coach is signaling in plays. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it was, it was game-like. I'm like, wow, this is, we're practicing. I mean, our, our practice tempo is great, just like the game. So yeah, the game's easy. So I thought to myself, well, I need to do that more in baseball. And it, that's, I kind of changed the way I was, I thought baseball practices should be run from coaching that up-tempo football offense, that, you know, that high-tempo uh, offense where you're snapping the ball and, play clock is set and three seconds later you're snapping the ball so since then I've tried to make practice, baseball practice game speed everything's game speed game speed game speed game speed as much as possible uh, because I want them to be uncomfortable in practice I don't I don't want practice to be you know just stand around stand around shoot the ball and you know get our eight swings and get our, our you know ground ball our fungo and I, I don't I don't hit much fungo. We try to get as much balls off the bat uh, as we can. Love that. That's uh, that's really cool that you took something from football and, you know, it clicked for you and you transitioned it over to, to baseball in terms of game speed. What's been, what's been something that you will always do? You talked about right there. That's something that, you know, you decided to change, you know, when, when doing bunts or bunt or ground balls <laughs> and runners starting, a little bit closer to first base and just letting everyone know that, Hey, they're going to be starting a little bit closer time constraint. We want to put, we want to practice a little bit faster, but what's been something that, you know, as you reflect back on your coaching career that you have always done and you always will do. Oh boy. That's a good one. Um, I still, I, I still like to just get in the bullpen with pitchers. And just I mean, even though it's not it's not really game speed. Now, there's things we've done or I've done over the years to try to I don't want to say trick it up. But, um, you know, getting the 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 plastic hitters that that you can put in the batter's box, they can they can at least have a hitter in the box throwing their bullpens. But I, I think I just think just getting the get the bullpen with them and just work through stuff. Um, that's probably the one thing that really hasn't changed is my, my bullpen routine uh, that, that I've taught the kids. Um, and I, it got taught to me by Skip Bertman. So, you know, Skip Bertman to me is one of the two best college baseball coaches of all time. And uh, that's who I learned my pitching from. Uh, I was real fortunate to work his camps for five years during the nineties and just learn just, I was just a sponge. I, it just, I just soaked up everything him and his staff had to offer. Uh, that's probably the one thing that hasn't changed in the last 25 years is what we do in the bullpen. Um, just from a, a pitch, a pitch execution standpoint, um, you know, working out of the stretch, probably 75% of the time, because you, that's, you know, realistically, that's what's going to happen in a game. Um, but the, the bullpen, the bullpen routine 
pitchers that pitched for me 20, 25 years ago, if they step into the bullpen, they'd be like, oh yeah, this all sounds familiar. I remember you that, but if they come to a, a, a practice, they're going to scratch their head and they're going to be like, wow, coach, your practices are different now. Uh, well, I would hope so. I, I really would. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say the bullpen, the bullpen routine, that's probably stayed the same or really close to the same over the last 25 years for sure. Very cool. Yeah. Skip Bourbon's not, not a bad one to, to emulate. That's for sure. Um, yeah, no, what, what, um, what would, what advice would you give a young coach trying to build a high school program for the first time? You've been doing this a long time, but what if there's a coach out there listening He's a young coach, he's just trying to, he's just starting out. Like what advice would you give him to try? And he's trying to build a, a program. Um, forget the phrase buy-in get rid of that phrase don't don't use buy-in replace buy-in with believe in you've got to get them to believe in you and you've got to believe in them you know i've got to be able to i've got to be able to work them in practice and when and when practice is over I need to be able to say to myself, we're, we're good. We're ready to play. And then game day, you got to go let them play. Don't overcoach during games. Uh, you know, I, I keep a, I keep a card in my, in my back pocket. And if, if it's something that I feel like I'm going to overcoach and, and I'm just going to write it down and save it for practice the next day. Um, if it's a situation that might cost me to lose my mind, instead of losing my mind, I'm just going to write it down. And one of, one of my kids, and, and, and I told the kids, I said, you know, if you ever find one of my cards, you might find some, some colorful language on it. <laughs> I'd rather write it down than say it um, during the game, because all that's going to do is cause them to, to play tight. And I don't want them to play tight. I don't want them to play loose. I don't want them to, to fear making mistakes. Uh, and sure enough, one of the kids found my cards one day and, coach, you weren't kidding. I go, what? He go, I found your card. I, I saw your card the other day. And you're right. You do write down what you think. I said, that's right. I write down what I'm thinking. I said, I, I want to write it down. And then let's think about this for 20, you know, 24 hours later. Yeah. Okay. That really wasn't that bad. That really wasn't that bad. That's just me being an intense competitor. Um, you know, I, I think that's, I think that's the, one of the, you know, forget about buying, believing. you got to get them to believe in what you're doing. You know, you've got to be a salesman. You've got to sell your program. Um, and if you don't have a lot of experience, that can be tough. You know, I go to a new school. I mean, they, they're going to read my red. Oh, wow. Coach has done this coach has done that, you know? So, you know, okay. Maybe we should listen to the coach because he's got a track record, track record of success. And if you're a young coach, you don't have that. Um, but you've got, if somebody asks you why this is a, <clears throat> This is a this is a whole other story, but um, when somebody asks you why, you better be ready to answer them. You know, why do you do this? You better you better have an answer ready, because if you don't, then then what's your why? You know, you need to be able, you need to know what your why is. You know, why why do you practice at game speed, coach? How come you don't have a traditional practice? Well, because I want my kids to to feel that kind of pressure in practice. That way, in games, it's no big deal. Uh, and they're used to playing fast. Um, you, you need to you need to know what your why is. 
you know, if, if you're a small ball coach, if you believe in small ball, then, you know, somebody at, well, well, why do you like to bunt? I don't understand why you want to bunt first. Anyway, why you want to give away an out? Well, have an answer ready for them. You know, be ready to answer that question. Um, you know, that I, I think that's how you get people to believe in you because they know you believe. Okay. And then, you know, I would also, you know, a young coach, you, you need to set your kids up for success early in the season. You still want to challenge them, but I, I think making a, a, a schedule to, uh, to ensure some early, some early season success, I think that's going to help you too. Um, you know, I, I've taken over some, some pretty poor programs in the past. And that's one of the things I did. I made sure we had some early success uh, the first weekend and the second weekend, make it a little more challenging. And the next weekend, make it a little bit more challenging. That way they can see, okay, yeah, we do, you know, we're really not as good as we think we are. And I mean, you're not, um, you know, there's, there's just, there's a whole lot to it. There's a whole lot to build in a program. But I think the first thing is get rid of buy-in and believe in. Mm -hmm. You've got to get, even you, you've got to believe in that. That's great. I, I, I can't think of a better way to, to end this episode. I, I love that. I appreciate you sharing that. I'm sure there's coaches out there listening to this who, um, you know, are just starting out or even if maybe they're not starting out, maybe they've been doing it for a while. But I think what you just said right there is, is just a good reminder if they forgot or, or maybe it's something that they're not doing and haven't done and, and will start doing too. So Art, appreciate you coming on the show, man. I, your kids are so lucky to have you. And, um, you know, I don't know if you're going to the ABCA or not, but hopefully we can eventually connect in person. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to go this year. Um, I think I'm going to skip traveling this year uh, and try to get back at it um, the, the following year. Gotcha. Well, again, appreciate you coming on the show, man. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode with Art Sonato. If you're a coach out there and you're not already, make sure to, to go to patrickjonesbaseball.com slash develop and sign up for my email list. I, I put out a weekly newsletter, but it's not just a newsletter. It's more so just content, um, things that I'm working on, things that I'm thinking about from a player development standpoint um, that, I, that I really only put out via email. So patrickjonesbaseball.com forward slash develop. Hope everyone has a great week and see everyone next time.